0: Hello and welcome to the Behind the Artist podcast with Park West Gallery. I'm gallery director Morris Shapiro. If you'd like to view works of the artists I'm interviewing and learn more about them, please visit our podcast site with links to more content at parkwestgallery.com forward slash podcast.
1: International art dealer Park West Gallery is proud to present our new podcast series, Behind the Artist. Each episode will be talking to popular contemporary artists to learn the stories and inspiration behind their extraordinary artwork and fascinating careers.
0: Art can make you look at something in an exciting and totally different way. It can give you the power to fly. Those are the words of the great Romero Brito, and fly he does. Brito and his instantly recognizable art have hovered at the top of the contemporary art world for decades. Among his astonishing credentials are his 299 exhibitions in 30 countries, his 24 museum shows in 11 countries, his 63 public sculpture installations worldwide, He was the official artist for the World Cup in 2010, the appointed FIFA ambassador for the 2014 World Cup. He's been the official artist for the Super Bowl, the United Nations Initiative for Education, the 2008 Beijing Olympics, and the 2016 Olympic Games in Brazil, where he carried the Olympic torch. His imagery has been licensed by Absolute Vodka, Coca-Cola, Disney, Hublot, Evian and dozens of other products, and as a philanthropist, Brito has made major contributions to over 250 impactful charities. I was really thrilled to finally get him to sit down for this episode of Behind the Artist just because he's so busy globetrotting with so many projects happening simultaneously. In this segment, we discuss his escape from childhood poverty in Recife, Brazil his early beginnings as a struggling artist in Miami, the initial successes that put him on the path of worldwide fame, and how he now views his extraordinary celebrity. His creative process, we cover some revealing thoughts on his studio environment and working with assistants. He discusses some of his favorite artists and his take on the art of our times. If you're like me and a fan of Brito, you're gonna find this interview indispensable in discovering what makes this artistic icon of our times tick. This is Behind the Artist, it's no frills, just real and deep conversation. I'm Morris Shapiro and I hope you enjoy this journey into the life and art of Romero Brito. So Romero Brito, I can't believe I finally got you in that chair after all this time. I've been chasing you down all over the world. So thanks for being on the program.
1: Oh my God, no listen, I mean, I, I. it's so funny because we've been talking so long about this that I thought we made it, <laughs> I swear to you, that this we didn't want, no, no. and you and confirmed confirm to me that we haven't done uh, my apology, yeah. oh, as you know, I mean, on. I adore you, of and you've been such a big supporter of my work, oh, I mean, Absolutely. anytime
0: any time that we could spend together yeah. is always a blessing for of me, of course, so. it's just a, it's a delight to have you here. Uh, I know how busy you are, you know, I can imagine You'll that you keep me wouldn't busy. know that you that you hadn't recorded this because you're like in a different city every day in the world, you know, we're flying yeah. all over Asia, we're in Asia right now, yeah. uh, he- heading toward Korea, uh, Jeju Island in Korea, and we just had a wonderful event today with our VIP clients, it was really cool, so thanks for being here. The thing that amazes me most about you, and we can talk about some of your accolades, which are ridiculous, you know, I mean, the the, the you know, the... Installation at Hyde Park and the show at the Louvre and Dolce & Gabbana and the Ferraris and, and the Lamborghinis and, you know, all the amazing stuff that you do and the crazy people that, you know, you know Elton John and Prince Charles, you know, I mean, I just go on and on. You're like at the, the, the highest level one can imagine an artist to reach. And you have, I don't know how many hundreds and hundreds of products that you've created and licensing with Disney. It's just crazy stuff. You have to be in the top 10 most successful living artists in the world. That is not an exaggeration or hyperbole. And yet you came from such... Humble circumstances. I think that's what's so extraordinary about you. You came from Brazil, Recife, Brazil, right? Right. And you lived in essence in poverty, right? Yeah. You were in poverty, family of nine children, right? And tell me about that experience, what it was like, what was your youth like? What was your childhood like? Oh my goodness,
1: it, it was like it's like being like day and night actually. I was thinking about moments, you know, like one moment that I had, you know, when I was a kid, as of today, uh, you know, as I was having breakfast today, the memory came to my mind and so I've been very blessed, you know, to be where I am right now. But you know, uh, many times, you know, I mean so many times, you know, I think it what people see more, like all this thing that you mentioned now. As more people can see more from the outside than myself, because I'm in the middle of my everyday, you know, like and I you know, and I don't take for granted. It's not like I'm jaded or taking for mm-hmm. granted about so many blessings that I have. But it just there's so much stuff happening at the same time mm-hmm. that I'm so concerned about all those little details that, in, in time, I had to, you know, step outside mm-hmm. and just say, "Wow, this is unbelievable! Yeah. I cannot okay. believe it that here I am, you know, after so long. This is all I wanted to." You know, I want so much to change my life yeah. and, uh, and, and go journey. out there to the world and just you know, and then I'm here. But yeah, I think it, it you know, I think people from the outside can see even more than myself. <laughs> That's interesting. So initially,
0: you wanted to be a diplomat. Yes, yeah. uh, I wanted I, to be a diplomat. I remember you telling a story about one of your friends father was a diplomat, yeah, right? And you became was, yeah. friends with that family, and they kind of like sort of adopted you, not really, but sort of unofficially adopted you. Yeah. And so you saw this life. That the adoption was yeah. happening more in my head, too. <laughs> you <laughs> so wanted to be They adopted. were like very
1: welcoming to me. I um, mean, I was so welcoming to their home, right, but right. in my head it was like, oh um, my God. What was it about being a diplomat that appealed to you? I think mostly, I, I think today when I look back, was the experience that I, I was seeing through the life of my friends, you know, like you know, they travel the world and I always want to travel the world. I, I wanted to do that so badly. And I want to live a different life and, you know, and they live this beautiful life for me as a kid. Mm-hmm. And I grew up and then when I went to law school and uh, I realized how miserable I was and it was not really what I want. And you went to law school in Brazil? In Brazil, yeah. So, and that's when I make the decision to it was a pretty big decision because if I didn't do that probably w- we wouldn't be here today of course not, yeah. you know I would be like somewhat miserable a lawyer and mm-hmm. probably wouldn't be able to make it as a diplomat because mm-hmm. I don't know it just uh, you know especially you know like in a country like Brazil everything is such you know, it, it works so differently mm-hmm. you know basically the idea about being a diplomat was mostly because of the opportunities of life change
0: mm-hmm. you know that's what I thought understood quite a jump from wanting to be a diplomat to being an artist, and that took a lot of courage for you. You know, you're looking yeah. at a position that would, is actually like a legit, you know, job with, you know, career and all that stuff, and you're going to go, wow, I'm going to be an artist. I, when did you start doing art? Did you start as a child? You fell See, in love with art at early art age? art
1: has oh, been in my life for so long, but I, it was like something that I never really got, you know, I, I was just there, like, doing it, but I never... Thought that I would do anything with it, you know. I mm-hmm. thought, oh, that's I like art. I was interested, but I never thought that it would make at such a change in my life. Right. I, and then I pay attention to it, and then I keep paying attention. But it was more like people like telling me, and then I started like, wow, that's amazing. I cannot believe that people are telling me this. Like people keep telling me, like your art make me happy, or like this and that. And then I started believing more because it was not easy for me to believe in myself Mm. and believe what I was
0: doing means anything, you know. Mm -hmm. So. You discovered your your imagery sort of naturally. You just began to make particular types of images that felt good to you. Were you looking at any other artists, or were you inspired by? Any I loved I loved looking
1: through books that my brother oh, used to bring okay. home. My brother was used to sell books, yeah. and uh, so there was this Encyclopedia Britannica, and there was oh. some of the volume that was all about art, and I loved it to look at those pictures. And some you know, one of the ones that I remember also very vivid in my head is there was pages on uh, Sistine Chapel, <laughs> and then I like the Sibyl, mm-hmm. and for some reason the face of the Sibyl was like strong, and it was the, when you look at the picture of the head of the Sibyl, it's like strong and at the same time fragile together, and very like beautiful, and it was like. And I I love that face. And then I started doing pictures with like the jaw, like very different. And so my first artist that I really got inspired was, you know, Michelangelo and then Da Vinci. And then there was other artists like Picasso, Matisse, and Fernand Leger and other artists from Brazil as well. Right.
0: And you sold your first painting at age fourteen. Yes. Yeah. yeah. My yeah. first piece of art. Yes. How did that work? What did that feel like for you to, was, to have actually someone buy something that you create? It had to be a really amazing experience.
1: I didn't realize the value of that until I grew much older. You know, I mean, yeah. I was excited, but I just you know, like when you're a kid, you don't reflect things right. that's happening with you. And many times, even today, you know, I you know things that happen to me. You know, recently years, and I started reflecting on why I do this. You know, like many times, like if somebody makes me upset, I got, I end up getting rid of things that I love the most. You know what I mean? So it's, you know, if I somebody make me upset, I end up like reacting instead of reacting in one way. I react in a totally different way, like getting rid of things that I like or I love. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, like when I was a kid, I just it's kind of hard to go back and then think about, you know, like. Okay, I was super happy that I saw that piece, you know. Mm-hmm. It was very symbolic for me mm-hmm. today. Thinking about
0: How did you... It. It's funny because there was a lot of orange in that piece. Oh really? Orange uh, yes, paper. you got orange And you're talking right about all that, yeah, yes. Yeah. How did you get from Brazil to Florida? How did that transition take place?
1: Well, I'm gonna answer this question to you as I answer once to Mrs. Bush, Barbara Bush. How did I get to America? And I said, I got in a plane.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: she actually asked. gave me an arm it's like not this. what I asked. I asked. I know. how did, I know. You, how did
0: it facilitate. How did I facilitate it? Okay.
1: Facilitated? What happened is that, I always wanted to venture the world, right? And then I had a chance to save some money. I got once a ticket to go from um, Brazil in my town all the way to Spain. And I spent almost one year in Europe. And then I Mm. come back to recontinue my studies. Mm -hmm. And then that's when I realized that it was not for me anymore. I quit the idea of being law school, diplomacy, and the whole thing. I had a friend of mine that was going. To University of Miami by the, by the name of Leonardo Conte, and then I came to visit Leonardo in Miami and my ticket was Miami, New York, back to England. Mm-hmm. And then when I when the time that I spent in U.S., my experience being in Miami was very short, but I, I really liked so much the dynamic and I felt like U.S. was a country for me to be. You know, not going back to Europe because you know it was, everything was so like. Remind later on, it reminded a little bit more like Brazil because Brazil has, you know, a lot of influence, European influence. Where in America, it doesn't be, it doesn't matter where you came from. It just people care where you're going, and I wanted to be in a place like that, very dynamic, and then then I moved back to US, and then I lived there ever since. And you started out just selling your drawings? I things? started showing my work in the street. Yeah. I mean, first, I did a lot of odd jobs because, you know, I, everything that I love it today, I think back, I was doing. I love cars. I was washing cars. <laughs> I love food. I was working a pizza place, and I did lots of pizza. And I love gardening. I did gardening to people's home. Mm-hmm. So I did all that. So when people tell me about difficult times, I mean, I know about what it is, you know, yeah. about like challenge and about being able to do something just so you do something instead of not doing nothing, you know. So I did everything, so.
0: And I remember you saying that you used to uh, paint on
1: newspapers,
0: and pieces of cardboard. to yes, sh- yes. our art supplies. Yes,
1: right? whatever time that I, when I was not doing odd jobs, I was, you know, doing, my artwork and then I used to do artwork in newspaper because it was so cheap, I used to read a lot, I don't read as much but so whatever paper I was reading I also did work on them and then you know one day I realized I was so miserable again there was a moment, a change again and that's when I said you know what this is not for me I cannot be doing this pizza was my last job when I had a boss you know, and uh, and I quit that job, and I said, you know, I'm gonna just show my work, mm-hmm. you know, in the streets, and then I did. So it was mm-hmm. amazing. And how
0: old were you? at that time? I was a long time ago. I don't even remember. Yeah. Twenty something. Twenties, yeah. 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 Wow. I mean, talk about courage. You know, just I'm so amazed with your so many artists have done the same thing. They're so courageous to make these decisions. They feel like this is what I'm put on earth to do and I'm going to do this no matter what. You know, I don't care what the consequences are, this
1: is what I'm going to do. And, and I didn't forward. have nobody to be telling me, like yeah. no advice or anything. Yeah. It was just my
0: own like instinct. You was know? like, crazy, crazy. Yeah. Today we had a work of art that mm-hmm. you collaged onto board uh, newspaper, you collage newspaper onto board and then paint oh, it yes. on it. And yeah. I think that's so wonderful that you still to this day, with all of your success, you'll reach back to that period in time and remind yourself of paper yeah. and newspaper, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, and I was talking about it today, for one extent, it's like texture, it's, like, it's part of the composition. You know, like the surrealists would bring in elements from you know, outside of their environment right. and, and bring them into the art. But in other senses, now so you're reaching back to your beginnings, you know, and, and sort of like a touchstone to where you were when I you know. were so young all those years ago. I think those are the coolest pieces. I love like, no, seeing see newspaper you. in your work again. So take us through the process of making a painting. Now I know that you you come up with all these wonderful ideas and you know notions and directions. I want to do animals. I want to do homages to great painters, the masters. You know we had we had a Botticelli influenced piece yeah, right. today. We had, of course, Leonardo influenced piece. We have all sorts of images that are from your experiences and, and your commissions, like soccer. You know, like FIFA and the World Cup and and uh, you know the Super Bowl things like that. But when you you come up with an idea. What did you do? Did you sketch it out initially? Did you put it on Yeah, paper, I mean color?
1: there was a time that I did a lot of more sketch than I do today. But today I go straight on from the idea to the canvas. Oh, I mean there's uh-huh. so many times that I used in the past I did like sketchbooks and so many things but you know one of the things that happened to me as i'm doing a piece of art i have so much more idea that from one thing i can do like such a variation of things like let's say if i'm gonna doing like animals like or if i'm gonna do flowers or if i'm gonna do a chair i can do a variation of the chair in so many ways and one of the artists that i always admire so much was Picasso, you know, um, because he would get one subject and from that he would do so many things because so many more ideas come mm-hmm. out. And the more you do,
0: the more ideas come out in your mm-hmm. head, you know. So mm-hmm. I've, I've heard that being described as fractile, that Picasso was fractile, that he would make an image. And that would spring off another other images, and each of those would spring off other images, I know, yeah. and it would grow like in a crystalline manner, just constantly. Yeah, it. you I can, see can also see
1: as a dax like a piece, like you're cutting pieces, and you can blah, 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 blah. You yeah. have to be like you open up a piece, you
0: know. Now when you're making these paintings, you bring all these wonderful patterns and forms and shapes and rhythms into the compositions. That's something that's instinctual. You just feel like right I want in this area to do sort of a, a cubist approach. Oh Yeah it just happens cars. very, uh-huh. it was very, very like, naturally. Very natural. It's yeah. like not calculated at all. Yeah. So Yeah, it's amazing. It's very and natural. It, it's so interesting that your very style your style is so recognizable, so distinct and yet, it just evolved naturally, right? I mean, from yeah. your experiences and your creative process, which is really, really cool to me. So, the first big break was absolute vodka. Yeah, let's talk about that. Yeah, back
1: a little bit to what you say about my work. You know, I, I know that I always wanted to create a language, from, you know, of how I could communicate with people. Oh, and then and and this this vocabulary, like from lines, from like uh, my my patterns or the polka dots, the distance between one and another, the colors, you know the continuity of the using the same colors over and over and over again mm-hmm. that people can see and can remember the color combination as well, well yeah,
0: they're yeah,
1: because the color combination it says a lot when you put them together oh, over yeah. and over and over and over again mm-hmm. is a little bit like what you, we say today like if you're gonna go in and say okay I can name this a chair but if I could say, like, this would be called Kai, you know, but I need to repeat a trillion times until people start saying, say, oh, this is Kai, Kai mm-hmm. is this little table, mm-hmm. but the same thing would be like a color combination or a pattern, you know, mm-hmm. and you keep repeating over and over and over again. That's why today we have so many languages, because people want to re- repeat sounds and, you know and the sound correspond to an image, you know, I me to, to an object or to whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then I think I did this with my art, you know, and, and at the same time, going back to observing my son growing up, watching so many times, the same movie over and over again, <laughs> and the same thing happened to me, like not movies, but music, I love music. I had music in my car for six years, the same music, and I can listen to the same thing over and over, <laughs> and over again. <laughs> and because of that, I think sometimes with my art, in reference, in retrospect, talking about my art, and I think uh, as I keep repeating all the same subject, all the same, bringing the same colors, or the same shapes, or the same whatever, it, it gives me like a sense of, of peace and, and, and the thing is there for me, you know what I mean?
0: Mm-hmm. So I, I think I get what you're saying, the combination of particular colors over a period of time, the repetition of the particular colors, you feel like those are forming your vocabulary, your words, sort of your yeah. language to speak, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and I, can I, k- mm. yeah. Well, <laughs> I can talk to myself. Yeah, we communicate. I can talk to myself. So
1: I'm there for you, because you know what? I think that, you know, that's one of the things that in many time, you know, when you see a kid, you know, if you talk over and over to the, you know, the it's a sense of feeling like. Secure about your surrounding, or you be know, what you're doing, and they give like you understand more. Actually, you feel like you know what's happening mm-hmm. in a way. And I think with my art, for me, is always a continue. It's always there for me, and as I keep doing that,
0: you know, yeah. so. the colors are so. Vivid and bold and bright, and that's one of the things that really makes your work so distinct. I think you have your colors made for you. The paints yes, I mix the, the colors. The, yes, the Brito I mix yeah. the colors. Yeah, yeah. But There's really a company
1: cool. that oh. makes for me in California. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So I absolute. used the same yellow for 30 years.
0: Same place, really? Same. The same, same yellow yeah. wow. for 30 wow. years. Yeah. Wow, that's amazing. So absolute vodka. So this is like the big. Boom big exploding thing for you pretty much puts you on the mat yes. right Right. So just talk about that for a minute yeah absolutely it was a blessing for me actually it was something
1: like being the right place the right time the right whatever you know everything because as I was uh, trying to get somebody to show my work there was a store by the name of Mato it was a Cuban you know Uh, businessmen, they opened stores to sell furniture, and there was art, there was light, all kind of rugs, everything for for, a house or apartment, and then, you know, I tried to sell my work in there, show my work for this person and I tried so many times and finally I had an opportunity and then as you know this you know Mr. Mata was selling my work you know he realized oh there's a niche in here so he put like you know in another store it was in the groove and then he ended up opening a gallery and then when he opened this gallery but it was not necessarily a gallery it was a hair salon there was open it was empty in the mall that he had also another store there so he opened you know, this gallery, you know, not only to sell my art, but other artists, and then one day I went to pick up my check, and then I asked Mr. Matt how the gallery is doing, and he told me, oh yeah, the is not doing so great, you know, I think i are gonna close, but I have a listing there if you want to stay there, because it's closed. I was like, I didn't have nothing to lose, and I was like, yeah, I'll go. Mm-hmm. So I went there, and the first time I couldn't believe, it, because there was a hair salon, and they just put art all over, <laughs> and then the, the, where people wash their hair, their hair, <laughs> there was still hair around, <laughs> I was cleaning, and the first day I was there cleaning, and then I thought, there was a father and a son, but today I think it was an older guy with a young man,
0: oh, you oh, know, okay, as a, a boyfriend, couple. Uh-huh, yeah. a
1: couple, and yeah. I, I always thought it was a father and a son, I always say, but maybe it was not, I mean, I'm not saying, maybe it was like a couple, yeah. but they bought two of my work, mm-hmm. and then, you know, I have, of course, to divide money with Mr. Mato. and then I I bought, you know, with my money, I bought paint, to paint, everything, everything was pink velvet covered with fabric, it was a beautiful hairstyle, very luxurious, I paint everything. I paint all the mirrors and everything. I make the place to look really like like an artist's studio. And one day, a couple from Sweden walk in there, and then I you know I talk to everybody. And then I always like pictures of people, and I had this picture that I was so proud of. This picture it was a little picture my it was the princess the princess of sweden there's always a royal oh really that was princess christina <laughs> and that uh, and and me on the wall and this mr nakanda say how you met you this lady yeah. i was like oh no my friends from sweden you know that I'm, i I made friendship with this guy from sweden that i met in Recife and then when i went to sweden stay in his house he was working in austria and i stayed with the parents and i stayed there for i don't know like four months because you know the parents were by themselves, and mm-hmm. I made I made myself very helpful. I washed their car, you know. I did whatever that I had to do in the house, and they always wanted me to stay there. And I keep doing drawings, and you know I sold drawings for the neighborhood and whatever. So basically, I I spent a little time in Sweden, and then because of that thing, because of that picture, <laughs> these people stayed longer in my in my studio, mm-hmm. and then. Mr. Nakanda spoke about my work to uh-huh. Michelle Rue and right. Michelle's yeah. office was in New York at that time. Okay, and so basically, the people that, the people that, that were in, in the, the, in the, the gallery
0: were, were friends of Michelle Rue, who's the no, t- no, no, no. It okay.
1: was at, I was already um, at that time when Mr. Nakanda walked into my little studio, right. which was the gallery before, uh-huh. from Mr. Mato, right, right. and I ended up you know disconnecting myself with Mr. Mato, mm-hmm. and then I had my studio there, mm-hmm. and then basically. You know, I had a chance to speak to these people, the Swedish, that I show the picture on the wall there. I have the picture of Princess Christina. And the Mr. Nikanda say, you know what, we are from this company, Absol Vodka, mm. you know, because Nikanda was not from US, was from Sweden. Mm-hmm. You know, and then he spoke about my work to Michelle Roux. Okay. And Michelle Roux, one of the trips to Miami, because, mm-hmm. I don't know if you know, but the state of Florida, in America, that people drink the most is Florida. Oh, so the alcohol business is huge in Florida. I never
0: knew that. Really. You didn't know that? Yeah, yeah, no. it's the,
1: yeah. I mean, for you to have an idea, mm-hmm. Philippine Rothschild used to come to Florida several times a year. Mm-hmm. And she is like, she was the queen of mm-hmm. wine in the world. Jesus. anyway but that's so they, they how I, I did it your
0: work bottle. and he, he and said let's put him on
1: uh, our bottle yeah and then, yeah. and that was an opportunity for me At the moment when I also I came into the scene kind mm-hmm. of you know mm-hmm. the situation was also when Michelle was thinking about commission younger artists because mm-hmm. before was super famous like mm-hmm. you know Andy Warhol Keith Haring and I'm the first artist unknown that he commissioned mm-hmm. at that time mm-hmm because and he thought the brand, the drink, was now more famous Davis. than any artist. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, think about Yeah. I mean, there's alcohol out there. There's yeah. brands that are more famous than, sure. you know, people sure. doesn't know. Some people out there that may not know who is Picasso or, Right who is Andy Warhol, yeah, you know, who is Brito. But they know who is like. they know all about Absolute. Yeah, they know yeah. like what is like milk, yeah. whatever, which <laughs> milk is be. I don't know, like Coca-Cola, they know Coca-Cola. Right, they know right. Coca-Cola, but they don't know Einstein.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so so you just get to, on this platform and suddenly your imagery and your name is on the Oh my God, warm. it was yeah. huge. Like I was waiting for
1: so freaking long for that to happen. But then one thing I realized, when I did Absalvatica is that success is not one thing, it's a combination of many things. Yes, yes So many times you know you can see in so many areas people, you know, they, they you know, they make a movie or get an Oscar. Mm-hmm. And they think that the Oscar is everything. No. You need to do so much and especially now we are in an evolving world that so many things happen and there's so many images and so many different sort of news, information. That if you think that you're gonna do a hundred paintings a year and you're gonna solidify your name for the rest of, the, of life, yeah. you're totally yeah. gone. Because yeah. imagine a hundred years, people that are supporting, you know, an artist, museums, collectors, directors, everything. We are all gonna be gone, and what's gonna be left behind? A piece of art, mm-hmm. and in, even more now because now everything is so digital. Mm-hmm. It's not like something that you had to stumble, you know. Like do you understand? Yeah. If it's not physical, like a like like a sculpture or a painting, it's a digital, and you unless you're really looking for, you're not gonna find it because it's not gonna be coming to you. You need to look for, like yeah. in the phone. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. you need to go there and look for. this did this happen, like forty years ago? Mm-hmm. But it's now like a book or a magazine. So I think even more now. So I basically. Uh, I don't know why I'm saying all this to you, but why well, I'm saying that, I mean, I'm talking all about this. What, what this, was, is,
0: this is exactly what we want you to talk about, this is um, what our listeners are interested in, you know? I think the whole idea yeah, of, of, the, of the transitory world yeah. that we live in, everything is just so ephemeral and transitory, Yeah. and it, attention is the most valuable commodity in the world today, there, and there's this tsunami of content coming at us a million exactly. miles an hour. How do you sustain that? It's crazy, you know? So your point is, is is good. You've got to really work hard and you've got to continue to, to reinvent yourself. Yeah, create images, forward, create paintings. Put, create, make your mark. Yeah, you know? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, it's a crazy world we live in right now. I feel really bad for younger artists who are really trying to, to make their mark, you know, because how do you get Noticed? How does anyone? How do you get any traction? Right. I it's the right word, you know, in the world today. But I think your advice is good for young artists. You got it. You can't stop with any accolade yeah. or any, any. Yeah, you, know, you can. The that's the idea. That's yeah. what I was saying. Because yeah.
1: sometimes, you know, when I did Absolut, that's the moment. I was like, I just one day I said, you know what? It is not only one thing. Mm-hmm. It's more than this. And I had to keep going. Because so many guys, you know, out there, they feel, oh my God, I'm like, and they become super snob, you know, they become like, they cannot even walk on the the ground, and
0: I think it's not good for you. Yeah, you're about the farthest thing from a snob I've ever met, you know, with your immense fame and, and success, and, you know, the people in your milieu that you hang with, you know, like Prince Charles I mentioned before, you know, and... I mean, these incredible, you know, super successful people. You're so approachable and you're so delightful oh, to you. be around and friendly oh, and wonderful and warm. You. It's just fantastic. Another topic I wanted to touch on, and I know that you're super polite and that I, I don't think I've <clears throat> ever heard any a negative comment come out of your mouth in all the years I've known you, I and mean, you're always such a positive person. This is going to be, I, I hope I can get, really get at this with you, You probably know that I'm someone who is kind of how can I put it? I'm a zealot about beauty and about beauty coming back to art and the importance of the things that made art that the the arc of human civilization. You know, it starts at the beginning with cave paintings and the Egyptians and the Greeks and the Romans and the, and the medieval period and the Renaissance and then, of course, the Romantics and the classics and then the Impressionists and the Post-Impressionists and the Cubists and the Surrealists. Every, every movement is trying to raise the bar higher and higher of human achievement and creativity. And then we have conceptualism. Then we have Duchamp and they break art, and they say it's, it, it's no longer about beauty, it's no longer about the object, now it's just about philosophy and defining what art is and what art isn't, and now we live in the world where, you know, dead flies on canvas, you know, so for, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars and cigarette butts on medicine cabinets, you know, and, and stacks of bricks, you know, and, and dead animals in plexiglass boxes. How do you feel about that? Can you reconcile that? Because you're making beautiful art, you're making art that's making people happy and enriching their lives, you know?
1: Yeah, I think at the end of the day, I think at the end of the day, we all are born with destiny, like the Dalai Lama said once. We are born with this destiny to be happy. And that we are very complex. We, as human, we are very complex. So, you know, what it pleases me may not please you, but in general, the, the majority of people, we are drawing to beautiful things and things that are really... You know, a spectacular like a flower, or like a fish, or like a you know, this sunrise or sunset. Things that are very beautiful and kind of normal, kind of uh, not like abnormal. You know, but there's people out there they want to they find pleasure in darkness. You know, mm-hmm. and uh, you know I cannot say anything about that, but for me is not what I want. I don't want to be, you know, like creating, you know, image of darkness. I want create images of inspiration, you know, like when you, again, go back to nature and you see beautiful thing that you give a smile, like seeing, like, you know, let's say a flamingo, a pink flamingo, or to see, like, eagle in the beautiful flight, you know, like a flower, a tree growing, you know, something, like, beautiful, but I don't, you know, that you feel like it's, it's like, life is... Beautiful, you know, but when you see something like horrendous, you know, bizarre, or like, I don't know, like an animal with five heads or a head of Medusa, I don't think, uh, you know, not everybody will enjoy that, but there's people out there that they enjoy. I mean, I mean, listen, if they want that, it's for them, but not for me, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, we have to be respectful of people's kind of. Bizarre wishes and mm-hmm. bizarre, you know, pleasures. You know, but I don't want to be the artist to create art like, mm-hmm. like that. Well, clearly you're not. You know, your work is very uplifting mm-hmm. and beautiful. Thank you. And I think we are moving to a direction where you know there's the more freedom we have for people to express themselves. I think there'll be more interest in, in. I think today there's more artists than, let's say, thirty years ago. To create images incorporating a symbol of a heart, because I had to tell you something. When I started putting hearts in my work, very few artists were like putting heart in their art, Mm -hmm. like a shape of a heart. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I I think there's more people seeing the value of beauty of creating images of inspiration than was in the past. That people like wanted to be so against everything that they create horrible thing. Mm -hmm. So I. even in music too, I, I think there's more. I think there's more music out there that you listen to
0: it and you feel like wow, it's amazing. <laughs> I think that uh, people really are hungry for it now. I think in this world today, right. that we're hungry for things that we can latch onto that we, that can give us inspiration. And, and make us or help us feel like there's something still right in the world in this right. crazy world we live in with all the sanity going on around us you know but that's uh, it's a tough thing for me because I when I, I went to art school in the 1970s and all my teachers were conceptual artists <clears throat> and so they'd laugh at you if you wanted to learn skill or craft if you right. want to learn to paint or sculpt or make prints or whatever they would go ah that's you know it's that's uh, egotistical or that's you know mundane or it's uh, you know it's 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 uh, you know painting is dead, that whole thing you know now it's about philosophy, is it yeah. art is it not yeah. art you know and it was a it's a rough time so but but so many things happened in the past that people
1: today you know like they think about what a waste of time, but you know listen, those people they somehow they have a part in history in a way I agree. but not yeah. as big, but yeah. you know yeah. I mean when you think about if you're gonna go and go back and see artists. I forgot her name. I didn't even know her name. I just the only thing I know is that she wore a red dress, mm-hmm. and then she sit down in at, at front of a table and she stay there for hours. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, Good.
0: how somebody's gonna see that? You know, mm-hmm. and, but well, well you, you always have to take <coughs> art within the context of its time. Yeah. You know, the way people will look at our time in a hundred years will look back and they'll see, you know, the dead animals and you know, Plexiglas right. boxes. <coughs> but the cool thing is they're also gonna see Romero Brito. Yeah. Yeah, but it's a combination you know, of everything. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So so they're gonna go they're gonna look back at all this stuff and say, Wow, all this stuff is going on, this conceptualism and philosophical definitions of what is art and what is an art and then one of the most successful artists in the world at the time was Romero Brito. Look at this, this is a part of humanity that still was there. there were still people fighting for beauty and inspiration. And order and balance poetry you know that's that's a that's a beautiful thing in the world (laughs) thank you for doing that another topic i want to i want to touch on is kind of a bugaboo in the art world and that's the idea of studio having assistants studio working in the studio and most people don't realize that great artists all through history had studio assistants and people working with them i mean Have you ever gone to the Rubens Gallery in the Hermitage? Right. You know, these gigantic paintings. I mean, there's an entire room of, I don't know, maybe 20 gigantic Rubens paintings. There's no way one man could make all those paintings in a lifetime, right? So Rubens had a whole factory of people working with him, and he would, you know, uh, go through and and correct them. Uh, Sir Joshua Reynolds. The most famous portrait painter, you know, in in, in England, people he would sit, he had like three or four sitting sittings a day for portraits in right. the summertime, and he had people that would paint the clothing and people that would paint the you know the parts of the background and stuff. Right, the hands, And the and hands. The yeah, yeah, right. And they interviewed one of his people and said, well, why, why doesn't he do all the all the, the the material, you know, in the in the background? And he said, that's just, it's an easy thing, that's a craft anybody can learn. You know, the master needs to work on the stuff that's really important, which is the face and the stuff that really is important in the painting. But even if he still did the, 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 the material, it would still be better than what anybody else does, because he's the master. So talk about that, I know you have a, you have a, a studio, you have a lot of people that help right. you they're an extension of you, right? They're kind of an extension, they're, they're almost like yeah, your, your I mean, hands and your energy and your eyes. I mean,
1: I, I, for sure, you know, I couldn't I couldn't do so much, you know, not necessarily only about painting, but reaching out to people, be connected, engaged, you know, mm-hmm. if I didn't have a group of people through the years, you know, some good, for good or bad, you know, Mm -hmm. you know, I couldn't have engaged with so many people and reach out, you know, do so many exhibitions, so many Mm -hmm. projects, so many things. Of course, I'm always trying to get better and better people that can understand fully and completely what I'm I'm up to. Mm and when it comes to the process of the creative process you know for me is always a blessing you know when you're dealing with a collector they understand that you know if you're gonna go back to the time you know as you mentioned from Rubens to you know Michelangelo, Rembrandt, Rembrandt yeah. and yeah. so many other artists that they had you know uh, assistants, tons of people to help them mm. because you know you definitely need help and uh, so we were able to to really. Accommodate the demand, you know, of successful artists, and of course, with my art, I'm always very careful about, you know, because you know the beginning of my art starts start with me and end my art start with me and end with me. Means, you know, I do you know the sketches, I do the color selection, mm-hmm. and then I have artists you fill filling colors. Mm-hmm. You know, I would love in the future to be able to branch out to other things. That I'm gonna be able to do even more. Mm-hmm. But one of the things that's been very helpful for me and many other artists out there today is a digital process that you can incorporate into Mm -hmm. You, you create a process, you know, oh, as wow. well.
0: How so? How, how you, you know, like a digital,
1: digital you know, create images that, like for instance, I do a mixed media, you know. When I do a mixed media, and I use digital process, mm-hmm. you know, and it's really amazing for me, and also, let's say if I want to do a print, and I want to do that print, and I want to see how it happens. I don't need to do the entire edition. I can do sure. a few of those. Yeah. If it works,
0: great. If yeah. it doesn't work, I don't need mm-hmm. to do more. Mm-hmm. I read uh, recently that when artists, let's say in the Renaissance period, would get commissions to do a particular project, the price wasn't agreed upon. When they finish the painting, and they presented it to the patron. They would negotiate on the price afterwards. Oh my God, what <laughs> Did an I, you know I, that? Can you imagine <laughs> yeah. that? was Something new for me. And people would like, yeah, get in big uh, disputes. I'm really about sorry. It.
1: There was a fight, <laughs> and that's, no one that was so much fallout.
0: <laughs> they have big disputes. Oh my God, yeah, it's it crazy. Yeah, was yeah, I was reading. I was just reading that about uh, what was the? art, uh, Was it Caravaggio? I think it might mm-hmm. have been Caravaggio. It was. He was always getting in arguments about what his art was worth. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> so. You know, we could talk about, like, the amazing success and the accolades. You know, um, anyone can pick up a book on you or Google you or, you know, read about all the crazy stuff. But let me just run through, like, a little list. Today we were looking at, like, a a, uh, a PowerPoint about some of the things that you've done. And it's just it's so incredible. You know, the absolute thing. And then uh, you talk about the Pyramid in Hyde Park that was for the King uh, Tutankhamen return, coming back return, to... Yeah. yeah, this gigantic uh, Pyramid Hyde Park. Um, the Carousel of the Louvre, so you had an exhibition at the at Carousel of the Louvre. How, what does it feel like to be a living, walking artist and have uh, you know a, yeah. show, a show at the Louvre? <laughs> How do you I, wrap your head around that? I have to tell you something. As I said earlier, there's
1: so much going on <laughs> that I'm looking to detail things that it's more into people's head like for instance for me to ever imagine that one day i'm gonna be going to england um, and i'm going to dinner with, with the future king of, of england yeah right somebody uh-huh. with yeah. s- <laughs> such a long history of the world basically it's not only the world not the history of Eng- mm-hmm. i mean england but the world, the world i mean he's like his family traced back to like thousands of years you know like mm-hmm. I mean. It's incredible. Yeah. For me it's like wow. So going back to like showing my work Carousel de Louvre yeah. or so many other projects, you know, having the largest art installation Hyde Park, which yeah. is yeah. really incredible. Yeah. Or to show it's uh, nuts. to show my work to millions of people in America it's and crazy. The most the biggest art installation that was seen simultaneously by so many people which was the Super Bowl. The Super Bowl, I mean so I mean the world I came Cup. Out so many on and on and on carnival. Like, Carnival, da, da, da.
0: Somaya Museum so, in Mexico City. Yeah, yeah, that, you right. don't have an entire show, and then you get you commissioned know, I had to do. You my birthday
1: party at the Museum of Modern Art <laughs> know, with the the grandson, of the most generous person in the history of the human of the world. Mm-hmm. There was never a person to give away their money in a lifetime when they were alive, as Warren Buffett did. Warren Buffett. Yeah, yeah uh-huh. and my birthday celebrated with his grandson, mm-hmm. which is like. a a A joy to know him and his wife Lily Uh Buffett so I mean there's so many things and the only thing I had to do is to because I have my everyday is just like keep myself together Mm -hmm. and go to the studio Mm -hmm. because other people lose themselves and I definitely that's one thing I can't do to to myself and to so many people that support my work Mm -hmm. and uh, and how many products do you have? Any idea? So many that I've Do done. Do you know how many there are? Right. I've done so many, and there's so many to come yeah. that I don't you know. I don't universe. even know. But I'm very it's excited. Right? It's, I'm it's, very excited yeah. about, yeah, yeah. a thousand. I'm very excited that's coming out of tequila with my work. Okay. You know, and then uh-huh. also the wine that's doing extremely well. Mm-hmm. This Argentina yeah. wine. Argentina wine, yeah. Yeah, yeah and now I'm coming that, out yeah. with the French. Rosé wine, nice, so it's nice. really good. Yeah. And uh, and I'm I'm developing more projects with Hasbro, and, you know, which for really me is huge. So I yeah. mean, so many things happening, and I'm doing a lot of re- changes around my studio, which you know sometimes is very important to do it.
0: So mm-hmm. philanthropy. You're one of the most philanthropic people I've ever met. You're continually finding new ways to give back to the communities with amazing causes. How important is that in your life?
1: I mean, the ideal giving is such a. I I remember when I was a kid, when my nephew was born, and then I wanted to give a a gift, and the idea, the idea of like seeing somebody with a big smile when you when you hey this is for you, you know. I I really like, it. I really love it. I really enjoy doing that. I wish I could do more, you know, like just sharing and this, you know with I mean I wish I could do it with all my staff, you know, too. Right. Uh-huh. You know, and uh, you know, I, I do as much as I can. I mean I love doing it and yeah. and one thing I learned as I grew older that sometimes it's not necessarily Things that can connect people, mm-hmm. knowing that that is gonna happen something very good.
0: Mm, that's, you know, that's like nice, yeah.
1: connecting people together, uh-huh. and then they do something for another, mm-hmm. for somebody else. You know, mm-hmm. so yeah. it's a good thing.
0: You're in that position where you have you know so many people from different parts of the world and parts of life that you can put them together. You can see in your mind, yeah. I guess, there's a, there could be a connection here <coughs> that they're not even aware of.
1: Like, there's a charity now that I help, and this charity, I'm connected. A friend of mine that I know that is gonna mm-hmm. be doing so much more than even myself because you know he got the rich and he got the time he got everything going for him mm-hmm. that he's going going to be able to do a lot even more than myself mm-hmm. and I'm super excited about that mm-hmm.
0: that's wonderful well I mean, we could go on and on, you know. We can you've continue got your, more. You're, you're, your, you've got every your, your time your I see you, we should do one. Yeah, <laughs> we have. With you, Catherine, this is going to happen. Uh, by the way, Catherine's here with us. Yeah. Catherine's, uh, with Catherine. Your, yeah. Ramiro's friend, and she she's she travels with him as well. She does a lot of wonderful things to help us in our program. And thank you, Catherine, for your yeah, contribution. Thanks, yeah. And everybody can hear the wind rush, rushing outside of our, of our little cabin here. I know, we're, we're so far away, We're in rough away, right? seas and we're in the middle of the It's even hard to ocean. imagine that we are here in Korea. I, when people think <laughs> about the cruise ship, they always think
1: <laughs> about, like, the Bahamas, like, yeah. this sun and the
0: whole thing. <laughs> they don't think about this kind of weather. Yeah. Um, yeah, so Dolce Gabbana, the country of Brazil, minted a coin in your honor, right? The Hublot, the watch company... Uh, you have taxis in London, you know, with your designs on them. You've done Audi, Volvo, Bentley, Ferrari, Porsche, Mini Cooper cars. I <laughs> I mean, it's just you can't even keep up with it, man. It's just crazy. It's just absolutely crazy. Uh, LaGuardia, it's a sculpture, a sculpture in JFK. You've done stuff with Pele, of course, Prince Harry, the Bush family. It's just Barbara Bush's birthday, I and mean, it just goes on and on and on. I guess, you know, what I'd like to ask you about finally is some artists that have most influenced you. I know Picasso, you mentioned Picasso. I know you've mentioned Leger, which I love. Most people don't know Fernand Leger, who's yeah, a very Fernand important artist. Uh, and I see the relationship to your work. How about an artist like Kandinsky?
1: Are you big into Kandinsky? Kandinsky, oh my, the only connection about Kandinsky, I think it's like a little bit like the, uh, the composition of his work is almost like an like explosion, you know, mm-hmm. for me. And the the, one, the closer I can get to, to Kandinsky is the follower. Ernest Baylor, because oh, Ernest okay. Baylor, mm-hmm. he he loved my work, uh-huh. and but when he was very young, I don't know if you know that, but you know he used to work in a shoe store, and wow. then this the person that he worked for died, mm-hmm. and then leave the shoe store in Basel to him, mm-hmm. and basically turned the shoe store into a gallery, and then he starts selling work of Kandinsky, and uh, Gauguin, and another. French artist anyway, but the one I remember so well mm-hmm. was this, and there was a lady that she she inherited some money and she bought few art from Ernest Baylor. And then on the book, and also I heard from his mouth, the story is that the woman bought several pieces, and the, the way she was buying was like, I want to buy that one, and he say so many money, francs, and who is that? <laughs> I wanna buy that but uh, <laughs> who's that? Oh by the way, who is it? Who is that? <laughs> <laughs> I said this is so so, so so anyway she, he sold the candisco to the woman. Mm. And the woman ended up the word went out in Basel and people start, you know, going mm. after the woman, she ended up spending all the money and then one day she needed to sell the painting and he mm. ended up buying back the piece mm. and his the piece is still in the collection. It, it seemed that it was the first piece of of like abstract art and mm. done. Mm-hmm you know it was Kandinsky mm-hmm. that one mm-hmm. that's the story wow that's crazy. so I mean that's the only thing I, I, I you know you mentioned Kandinsky but yeah. I mean I like more art artists that they have like a composition that was more, more concrete matter. a yeah. subject yeah. that yeah. I could see it yeah. and yeah. I could understand yeah. Yeah. so Lichtenstein I love the work of Rolling Stein, yes, yeah. always. Uh-huh. The yeah, Andy Warhol, that. the idea of the reach that, mm-hmm. he opened so many doors for so many artists mm-hmm. like myself, the mm-hmm. Warhol, and then he thinking behind his work yeah. and Keith Harris' energy yeah. and, uh, and Rolling Richard Stein. Jeff yeah. Jasper Jones? Yeah, Jasper Jones, yeah. I like so some of his yeah. work, uh, yeah. 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 Frank yeah, Stella? Frank Stella, I like his work, Frank Stella, mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And uh, who else I like? Um, Tom Wilsonman, I like Tom Wesselman. Tom Wilsonman. Oh, Tom Wesselman.
0: Yeah, yeah Wilson. Yeah, yeah, I like good his work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, very wonderful. Much, yeah. I love to talk to artists about the artists that inspired them. You know, all the great artists yeah. know art history so well. They really do, and they've sublimated it, sort of taken it in, and, you know, digested it, and it comes out, their work, you know, their influences in a beautiful, beautiful manner. So what's next for you? When, when you're was, getting on an airplane, tomorrow. Oh, I'm gonna go back to, where are you going now? to my studio.
1: I'm gonna have so much work waiting <laughs> yeah. for me there. They're all waiting. You gotta please, p- finish stuff you gotta please finish, up for finish me. Please finish me. Please start me. Some <laughs> yeah. canvas, like, please start me. Please finish me. Please look at me. <laughs> they're <laughs> all there waiting, all yeah. the babies. Yeah. You walk
0: in the morning and they're like, and then oh, please my please next. Please yeah, yeah, please do me. <laughs> I'm, I'm here waiting for so long.
1: More. I know. Uh, um, and yeah. I have worked. that, I mean, for clients, for charities. I have so many work for charities that I had that to finish as well, Catherine knows. Yeah. And uh, charities, gifts, and... Uh, Galleries, tons, yeah. of galleries. Yeah, of course, tons of work for galleries, tons of work for Park West. I'm do. really yeah. happy about
0: yeah. that. What's well, a wonderful relationship and we're yeah, so grateful very much that you're part yeah, of our, our family. We, we yeah. treasure every time we get to be together. It's such a delight for me to spend time with you. Oh, thank you, and thank uh, you so uh, I'm so honored that you took the time to spend uh, with us today. Thank you so much for being here and sharing some of your insights and my, experiences. My
1: pleasure. I can't yeah. wait to do the next we'll do one. Yeah. yeah. yeah next
0: All right. Well, God bless. God Take bless care. Safe travels, and until next time, my friend. Until next. I'm okay. A friend. Thank, Thank
1: you. you. Be well. Thank you for listening to Park West Galleries Behind the Artist. To learn more about Park West Gallery's family of artists, visit us online at parkwestgallery.com or follow us on social media. You can subscribe to Behind the Artist on your favorite podcast app and be sure to rate and review the podcast on iTunes.